1: Podcast.
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for being here today. Let's kick things off right away with our More Than Meets the Eye segment. If you're not familiar, More Than Meets the Eye is Oakley's slogan, and Oakley's been so great sponsoring this specific segment and being a huge part of the Packaday family. Make sure to go check out oakley.com and pick yourself up a pair of Oakley sunglasses. What we've been doing is a more than meets the eye segment. And what I've been doing with that is basically going over a handful of players that I think there's a little bit more than meets the eye. And I think there's a little bit there that Packers fans always don't get a full glimpse of. So I've gone through three players already, Rashawn Gary, Keyshawn Nixon, and Zach Tom. Let's go over our fourth player today. And that is David Bakhtiari. And We all know how great David Bakhtiari has been throughout the course of his Packers career. We know that he has been a dominant left tackle. There have been times in his career where he has been, in my opinion, the best offensive lineman in all of football. He's had a unfortunate injury turn at the latter stages of his career, and now hopefully that is all behind him. I think it's so huge that he's already been doing some of the team activities and OTAs, which he has not had the ability to do over recent seasons. But the reason I'm going over him today is not because of his on-field prowess or what he's been able to accomplish on the field, but rather... What he's done with his teammates, and he has jokingly said that he is basically a coach out on the field a lot of times, and that is legitimately true. When I get to see at practice, you know, when I'm there for training camp, OTAs, etc., when I get to see what David Bakhtiari does to prepare his teammates and get his teammates ready to play football, I know this player didn't particularly work out in the NFL but I watched David Bakhtiari mentor Alex Light and really try to get him to the level that he was capable of being a backup offensive lineman. And like I said, it didn't work out the best. You know, Alex, unfortunately, just had some athletic limitations. It didn't all, unfortunately, stick. But what he did to help him get to the point that he did uh, was really incredible just to see him take him under his wing and mentor him. And I see this at practice all the time. I've seen him with Luke Tenuta's and the Caleb Joneses and the Rashid Walkers and really working with those players to try to make them better offensive linemen. And this is not something that every player does. This is not something that players are required to go out of their way to do. But David Bakhtiari is constantly and consistently helping his teammates to make sure that all the knowledge that he has of playing offensive line and all the skills that he possesses, all the time, effort, and energy that he's put in, he is basically passing that information and knowledge and skills down to another generation of Packers offensive linemen. So we all know the player that he is. We all know the talent that he possesses, but his ability to mentor and really just his availability to his teammates is more than meets the eye, and that's why I wanted to go over him in this segment today. All right, let's jump into our main topic right away, and that is going to be five questions that will ultimately decide the Packers' fate in 2023. So the first one is, is so clear and obvious that it feels like cheating. And that, of course, is how good is Jordan Love? That is going to be the number one question that if we knew the answer to right now, we would have a great feeling for how this season was ultimately going to go. I think really it sort of boils down to, in a lot of different ways, if Jordan Love is great, this season probably has the opportunity to be pretty darn great. If Jordan Love is good slash okay slash average, this is probably going to be a good slash average slash okay team. And if Jordan Love is bad, this has the ability to be a bad slash maybe even really bad team. And I think that's the easy low hanging fruit with this situation, right? But I think there's layers to this question. So it's not just how good is Jordan Love, but I think within that, like sort of a subsection of that question is What does Matt LaFleur's offense really look like? And maybe the bigger question here is, what is life like without Aaron Rodgers? So I'm gonna try to combine these all into one little fancy question or subset of questions as the first part of our discussion and conversation today. And let's start with that Aaron Rodgers piece because while Aaron Rodgers wasn't perfect, he was your get out of jail free card. He was your potential meal ticket to a playoff opportunity every single season. And I know it didn't work out a season ago, Part of that was the thumb injury, the rib injury, and just some of the way that this Packers team played in 2022 on the whole, the travel situation, all of it, it all played a part. It just didn't work out in 2022. But over the course of his career, having Aaron Rodgers is the, hey, we can run the table. Even if things have gone awful up until that point, we can run the table and still make a run to the NFC championship game. Even if everything seems completely lost, it's Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, touchdown, touchdown and the Packers advance on. Like there's been so many different instances where things haven't exactly been going according to plan and Aaron Rodgers is able to basically buoy them and make sure that they're still a playoff contender year in and year out. And like I said, last year, that was not the case, partially due to Aaron, partially due to some other circumstances. That's why ultimately I think they decided to go in a different direction. But Aaron Rodgers has really been that get out of jail free card. Now, some of the questions within this that we're gonna have to answer, I guess the two main ones here is, how many issues did Aaron Rodgers cover for? You know, all of those, you know, years where the defense and special teams just weren't as good and didn't matter because you had Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback. He masked some issues on this team. There's no question about it. And now we're going to be able to see just how deep that was. Without Aaron, is just this a random team that is a 5-12 and franchise every single year? Or is there more to it than that? That's a question that's going to have to get answered. On the other side of things is how many issues did Aaron Rodgers cause? And I think it's clear to say that more often than not, Aaron Rodgers' superpowers and what he brought to the team was more valuable than to, you know, some of the shortcomings and things like that. But his unwillingness to use the middle of the field. Sometimes he didn't play his best football in playoff games. Like there were some things that just didn't always go according to plan with Aaron. And, you know, those are going to be some things too. Like I don't think he really ran Matt LaFleur's offense to what he really wanted it to be. So there were some things that I think Rodgers was maybe holding this team back on as well. As I said before, I think he more than made up for it more often than not but I think there was a little bit of a balance there and Green Bay wanted to go in a different direction and now those two big questions is how many issues did Aaron Rodgers cover and how many issues did Aaron Rodgers cause how many runs did he check out of so he could throw the ball instead of running the ball there's simply just some things that we didn't know the answer to while he was here and we're about to get a huge dose of no Aaron Rodgers for the foreseeable future or forever actually and we're going to see just what he covered up and maybe some of the issues that he was actually responsible for as well. But one of Aaron Rodgers' biggest superpowers and one of the things that he consistently and constantly brought to the table was his ability to, you know, really keep the football safe and to not turn the football over. And I really want to illustrate this in a very 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 significant way. Now, in the Matt LaFleur era, when Green Bay has won the turnover battle, they have gone 33 and 3. Listen to that one more time in the Matt LaFleur era since 2019, when the Packers have won the turnover battle, they are 33 and three winning 11 out of every 12 games during that time period. That is an incredible statistic. When they tie the turnover battle, they're 11 and five. That's a good playoff team, 11 and five. If they tie the turnover battle, they are 11 and five. So overall, if they tie or win the turnover battle in the Matt LaFleur era, they are 44 and eight. Again, with 33 and three when they actually win it. That's an incredible, incredible statistic. And it goes without saying that the turnover battle in every game is such a key indicator for how things are going to go. But the Packers were basically a casino more often than not. They had the house at their back. Like the the house always wins. And when you have that huge key indicator, that huge statistic that you don't turn the ball over and you're gonna win the, the turnover battle, like you're you're just playing against the house if you're another team at that point. And you're you're yeah, you're gonna win sometimes. You're gonna win three out of 36 times, but the house is going to win more often than not. And Green Bay did such a great job of winning the turnover battle in large part because they had a quarterback who did not turn the ball over. Now, when they lost the turnover battle, they were five and 14, five and 14 in, in, you know, since the Lafleur era, when they lost the turnover battle, that is a very, very bad football team winning only five out of 19 games. That is crazy. So thirty-three and three when they win the battle, eleven and five when they tie, and five and fourteen when they lose the turnover battle. So the last question I'll ask in this main subset of questions of how good is Jordan Love? What does this team look like without Aaron Rodgers? What does this Matt Lafleur offense look like? And the last one I'll pose here is just how good of a job can Jordan Love do of not turning the ball over? We have seen just how insanely important this has been in the Matt LaFleur era. They win almost every time when they win the turnover battle. They win a huge chunk of the time when they tie the turnover battle. And they lose almost every time when they lose the turnover battle. So this is a first-time quarterback who already we have seen some in practice where he's had a little bit of turnover issues so far this year in OTAs, and it goes back to some of the stuff that he's done in, in many camps, OTAs, even his college career, right? He's been a little bit more turnover prone, and nobody's expecting him to be as turnover averse as Aaron Rodgers was. Nobody in the history of space and time has been as good as Aaron Rodgers with not turning the ball over at the quarterback position. So nobody's expecting him to hit that level. But if you want a key indicator for how the season is going to go, just how good can Jordan Love be at holding onto the football, both fumbles and interceptions, and making sure that he takes great care of the ball and is not giving it to the other team? Because if he does that, we see that this is a team that can win the vast majority of their games regardless I don't care who's that quarterback you win the turnover battle turnover battle that's going to give you a huge opportunity to win the football game and that's been like I said the key indicator in the Matt LaFleur era so teams are going to throw Everything at Jordan Love, and I mean everything at Jordan Love. And if he can handle that, and if he can make sure that he's taking care of the football, taking the checkdowns, throwing the ball away when he needs to, not playing hero ball, not throwing into double coverage, that's going to be a huge indicator of just how good Green Bay can be in 2023. If he's chucking the ball all over the yard, and we're seeing you know some of the those Brett Favre hero ball throws we might be in for a longer season as Packer fans to just see all right what we, you know what is this actually gonna look like. So Jordan Love's propensity to, you know, or like its ability to not turn over the football and hold on to the ball and keep the ball for his team is going to be maybe the biggest question for this upcoming season if all of that sort of flows into just how good is Jordan Love? What does this team look like without Aaron Rodgers? What does this Matt LaFleur system look like, et cetera? I'm grouping that all together into one big one because it's so incredibly obvious, but it is so insanely important to this season. How good is Jordan Love and can he really take care of the football? And what does this team look like sans Aaron Rodgers? Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do. So head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today.
1: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
0: That's just one big subset of questions that I, I could have just asked, like, how good is Jordan Love? But like I said, it was so easy and obvious that it just felt like, does that even need to be one of your questions? Cause it's just there. We know it's going to be a huge indicator for the season. So I wanted to put all of that into one bigger category. Number two on my list is, did they make the right move by keeping Joe Barry or a better question? Maybe was Joe Barry worth keeping. I know your answer. In all likelihood, is that no, he was probably not, and that they should have moved on from him already. But he got a life, you know, a life raft. He got one more chance at this swing, at this thing, excuse me. He got one more chance at this thing. And how is he going to do? Is he going to make the most of it? Can he make something out of this defense? Can he be the guy that takes this defense of, you know, a decade basically of mediocrity or worse or far worse and actually make this good again? And we saw some signs at the end of last year that this defense was coming together, that they were communicating better, that they were rallying to the football, that they were playing team defense. Now the question is: is was that due to to a you know to his concussion and playing Baker Mayfield that in his second week as a Los Angeles Ram? Was it because the Vikings just had an uncharacteristically super bad game, and then you all of a sudden got to the Lions game, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's kind of the same old, same old, and nobody really played great in that game, but the defense was a part of that as well. So. That's my biggest question is, you know, can this defense get to a point of respectability or maybe even better? Can they be a good defense? And was it worthwhile to keep Joe Barry for another season? If not, this is very likely Joe Barry's last season in Green Bay. If so, if he shows he can be the guy, this can hopefully be a you know defense that they can use for the foreseeable future. He's running a very in vogue defense across the league. This is a defense that wants to play its two safeties high, not give up big plays, but you've got to have the talent that matches that scheme. And last year, it didn't match up very well. Let's just be honest. Like how Green Bay played their defense did not match their personnel. And I'm not sure it matches it much better this season going in. We've talked about in the past, like the run defense scares me. I'm not sure just how good this run defense can improve without adding a ton of pieces there. So I have questions about that. I have questions that the secondary is going to be able to communicate better. Who the heck is going to play safety? Can Darnell Savage actually be a starting caliber safety? Can Rashawn Gary bounce back more on that in just a moment? Spoiler alert. But there's a lot of questions surrounding this defense, but I think it starts with Joe Barry. Can he match the talent with his scheme? And can he put together a defense that is capable of being what we think can be a top 10 defense in this league, but they have to come together and play their best brand of football. They didn't a season ago. He got another chance this year. I hope he makes the most of it. I know everyone's just in the boat of like, oh, I wish he was fired. I wish he makes the most of this and I wish he becomes one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. If that, if I had a wish, that would be my wish is that he succeeds and is awesome. And that would be great, right? But if he's not, then you know changes are going to have to be made and never cheer for anyone losing their job, period. It's not what I hope for. I hope that they turn it around and I hope he ends up being a hall of fame defensive coordinator, but this is a huge season for Joe Barry and he's going to have to prove that he was worth keeping around for this extra season. My third question that will decide, you know, how good this Packers team can be in 2023 is just how good can this rookie class be? So far, results are really, really impressive. And it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing because it's OTAs. The pads aren't on. There's going to be a lot of rookie mistakes that I'm sure comes with this group. But Lucas Van Ness, very likely, Edge one until Rashawn Gary is ready to go, or at least starting edge right alongside Preston Smith until Rashawn Gary is ready to go. And even once Gary's back, as I've talked about before, there's probably a ramp up period. He maybe just starts as a situational pass rusher and then gets to 30 snaps a game and then to 40, maybe 50 by the end of the season. But there's going to be a lot of snaps that Lucas Van Ness needs to cover. I would also love if Preston Smith didn't have to play quite as much. He's getting you know up there in age a little bit. He's not quite the player that he once was. Can you limit him so that the snaps that he is on the field, he can give a little bit more and be a little bit better of a player? I think Lucas Van Ness can play a lot of snaps and he's going to see a lot of playing time. And I think he can make a real impact on this team, even in year one as a rookie. That's number one. Number two, we've already been talking over and over about how talented Luke Musgrave looks. He's likely going to be tight end number one on this team. He has the ability to be a playmaker. He has the ability to be be a run after the catch guy, a red zone threat. And I'm excited to see just what he can do in year one. I know tight end is a tough position for a rookie, but he's got a lot of skills, a lot of juice, and I'm so excited to see him out there on the field. Jaden Reed probably going to have some role, probably at worst, at worst wide receiver four with probably some pretty significant playing time. And there's a chance maybe he's even wide receiver three ahead of Samari Toure as well. So this is a player that is probably going to get some playing time, might even get some punt return opportunities. And I think has the opportunity to make the most of those as well. Really exciting player coming out of college. And I'm hopeful that he can make a jump in year one right away and help this team almost immediately. Tucker Kraft, probably going to be tight end number two, might be their primary blocking tight end. He has the opportunity to make an incredible impact on this team in year one. We've already heard Matt LaFleur talk about Colby Wooden, and he's probably going to be defensive lineman number four. That player is going to play a lot of snaps, three, 400 snaps, probably at least, with probably what, 10, 15 to 20 snaps per game. And that, so like that is a big role for Colby Wooden. Sean Clifford's already leading two minute drills. Now we don't need to see, Sean Clifford is the hope and the goal in 2023, but if he can already be a decent backup quarterback, that'd be quite the good sign for fifth round pick Sean Clifford. Carl Brooks already got the shout out from Matt LaFleur. He's probably going to be defensive lineman number five who could work himself into a niche role, maybe a stand-up edge on rundowns, maybe an interior pass rusher on passing downs. I'm really excited for Carl Brooks, as you guys know. Anderson, Anders Carlson, probably going to be the, the main kicker. There's no other kicker in camp. It's very likely that he makes the team and is the kicker moving forward. Carrington Valentine had a great day at OTAs the other day. Like there's a chance he's corner number four. That's within the realm of possibility up until Eric Stokes gets back at least. But to start the season, potentially corner four, Anthony Johnson Jr., in my opinion, can get involved in the safety competition. There's nobody else that like has that job locked up. It's Darnell Savage and a bunch of people competing and Anthony Johnson Jr. can get himself in that role. Had a great pass breakup the other day at practice. Dontavian Wicks and Grant DuBose, we haven't seen as much of because they've been hurt, but probably slot in as wide receiver five and six. We'll see what Lou Nichols can bring to the table as a seventh round pick. But like there is a ton of opportunity for these rookies and just how good they can be right away is going to go a long way in defining this team as well in 2023. Number four is how well can Rashawn Gary return from injury and how quickly can Rashawn Gary return from injury? His importance cannot be understated. He is the guy on this Packers defense that can really change everything. His pressure is going to set up some of those turnovers. We already talked about how important those turnovers are. His pressure sets up a lot of those. He's a great run defender. He's a great pass rusher. Like he stirs the drain. Kenny Clark is a piece of the, a huge piece of that as well. Jair Alexander is a huge piece of that as well. But if Rashawn Gary is back healthy sooner rather than later and he can really play at a Rashawn Gary level, that elevates this defense so much. That makes Joe Barry's job easier. Like we're hitting Almost every category here. You know, can can Joe Barry bounce back? Well, that's going to be tied to Rashawn Gary. Can this team generate turnovers and win the turnover battle, which gets them more wins? A lot of that's going to be tied to Rashawn Gary. And just, you know, how quickly and how well he can return from injury. Well, that's Rashawn Gary, too. So this is a huge player for this team and a huge player that they need to be successful. I know he's coming back from a torn ACL that's a brutal injury to return from. It's not going to be easy. It's probably not going to be just, you know, easy sailing, just like Elton Jenkins experienced a season ago, but by how halfway through that season, you know who Elton Jenkins looked like? Elton freaking Jenkins. And if Rashawn Gary can look like Rashawn freaking Gary halfway through the season, I will consider that a huge win. And that will be something that can really push this defense in the second half of the year with his return to form, hopefully, just like we saw with Elton Jenkins a season ago. And then last but not least, my fifth question that will ultimately decide this Packers fate in their season this upcoming year is how good can the stars be this year? I talked about it last year. I thought the Stars needed to play better. I thought the Stars did not reach the level that they were capable of reaching, and I think they need to be able to play a lot better in 2023. I'm talking the Aaron Joneses, the David Bakhtiaris, the Elton Jenkins, the Kenny Clarks, the Jair Alexanders, the Devondre Campbells to some extent, Keyshawn Nixon as a returner, Christian Watson I think has the ability to take up that mantle as a star as well. Those are the players that need to play the best brand of football in Green Bay. If I told you that Aaron Jones was you know, right, like right back where he was in 2020 and was a dominant running back, that's going to go a long way for a young quarterback. If I told you that David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins once again made up the best left side of an offensive line in all of football, that's going to make things easier for Love and Jones and everyone else on offense. That's a huge, huge piece of that offense if they can have the best left side of any offensive line in the NFL. And Bakhtiari and Jenkins have the ability to be that. If Kenny Clark plays like... 2019, 2020, Kenny Clark, look the heck out because he's going to dominate up front. He's going to stuff your run game. He's going to penetrate into the backfield more, at least reset the line of scrimmage, get offensive linemen pushed in the backfield. That's going to make everything uncomfortable for opposing offenses. If Jair Alexander is back to playing, you know, first team all pro, best corner in the NFL football, good luck to number one wide receiver on the opposite team because Jair Alexander can shut you down all day, every day if he plays at that level. If Devondre Campbell plays as a first team all pro again, guess what? That's going to stop the opposing run game a lot better. It's going to be a much better pass defender than what he was a season ago. There, there is a lot there for Devondre Campbell to accomplish. We saw it two seasons ago. If that's the Devondre we see in 2023, that's going to be a huge piece of this Packers defense. Keyshawn Nixon can be an all-pro returner again. That's going to set up Jordan Love for a lot of opportunity and a lot of you know better situations than having to go 80, 85 yards every time because this special teams is setting them deep. Keyshawn Nixon's getting that out to the 35, 40 yard line or taking it to the house. That's going to be a huge boost for Jordan Love and this offense. And then Christian Watson, if he can be what we think he's capable of being, that's a you know star wide receiver for Jordan Love and a young quarterback. That's going to be useful as well. So how great can these stars be? Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander, Devondre Campbell, Keyshawn Nixon, Christian Watson. They need to be great. There is a lot of talent still on this Packers team. Call it what you will, rebuild, evaluation, retool, you know, whatever we want to call it. It doesn't really matter. There's still a lot of talent on this team. And if those players we just mentioned play to their peaks, to the highest of their levels, this team can still be a very good football team. Even if Jordan Love is fine to average, if the stars play like stars, this is a team that can accomplish a lot, especially if those rookies can be as advertised as well. So My five questions that will ultimately decide the Packers' fate this upcoming season How good is Jordan Love and everything that goes along with that? Can Joe Barry prove that he was worth keeping? How good can this rookie class be? How well can Rashawn Gary return from injury and how quickly can he return to form? And how great can this group of stars be for the Green Bay Packers? If those questions come back, great. Jordan Love is great. Joe Barry proves his worth. The rookie class is great. Rashawn Gary comes back sooner, you know, rather than later and better than ever. And the stars play amazing. We're in for a really fun season. Jordan Love's not really good. Joe Barry proves that what we saw the last couple seasons is the Joe Barry that we're going to get now, then and forever. If the rookie class is just not that good, if Rashawn Gary struggles to come back from injury and if the stars don't play like stars, they're going to be picking pretty early next season as well. So, It's going to be probably somewhere in the middle of all of those answers, but those are the five questions that I think will dictate the Packers' fate in 2023. Thanks so much for joining me. I always appreciate it. That will do it for me today. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all-new episode, but until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go!